Welcome to Kick-Ass Radio, hosted by Joe Sainsbury, founder of Kick-Ass Women. Join Joe over the next hour as she shares stories and conversations that are both inspiring and empowering. Having spent over 30 years in the corporate sector, Joe Sainsbury kicked off her heels and became a coal train driver working in the rail and mining industry. It has been her goal ever since to empower and support women who are considering a career change into an industry role, making the transition as smooth as possible. Joe is a walking, talking success story of how taking the plunge into industry can open up a world of opportunity. And you can do it too. If you're a woman working in industry or considering a career change, this is the radio station for you. Let's get into this episode of Kick-Ass Radio. Hey there, Glow Getters. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Am I excited for today's show? You bet you're kick-ass I am. Wow, what a couple of weeks we've had here at Kick-Ass Women. Very humbled and proud to have participated in five International Women's Day events over the last week, and I got to celebrate all the amazing and inspirational women that surround me locally and afar, as well as appreciate the support of our male champions. Couldn't be any prouder of the invested interest in Break the Bias that it drew from individuals, organisations and workforces. And of course, lots of great progress has already been made. It is unacceptable to imagine young girls of today entering the workforce in the next decade to face some of the same barriers ourselves and our mothers did 50 years ago. So we still have some real work to do. Radio then. Now, do you struggle with fashion, unsure of what to wear? Are you feeling frumpy or outdated, unsure of um, your look or what you, what you feel like you need to look like? Are you at a crossroads and want to head into a new direction? Do you need some motivation? Maybe you're applying for a new job or you're just wanting to get some tips that give you the edge. Do you want to know about appropriate dress sense and be noticed for all the right reasons? Or do you just want to have a makeover to help create a whole new you? The way we present ourselves to the world, it speaks volumes to everyone we encounter, including prospective employers, clients, customers, friends, and love interests. So what image are you projecting to the world? There is a growing demand for quality, skilled image consultants who also understand the need for helping to grow their client's self-esteem, inspiring them to change the way they see themselves, to raise their expectations, and open new doors to an exciting life of new possibility. Using an image consultant helps to reinforce and sustain your career, your relationships and your future. Your personal brand image is your unique advertisement. It tells everyone who you are, what you do and where you're heading. It advertises your capabilities, your potential, your personality, your value and your achievements. Your image has always played an important part in determining your success in both your personal life and your career. And now in a challenging business environment, it has just become essential. Today, our very vibrant and effervescent guest is Identity Image Alignment Specialist, Emma Willman, who works with female leaders, founders and visionaries who want to embody more visibility, impact and abundance. Now, Emma is a former criminal prosecutor and is a natural advocate obsessed with helping women rise by activating fierce feminine presence, stepping into their unique calling and being paid their worth. Emma is also a trauma-informed certified mindset coach and an internationally certified image consultant with the Association of Image Consultants International, AICI. She is also the president of AICI Australia and teaches internationally on style empowerment and the role of identity in self-actualization. 
Emma founded the Women of Influence, a six-month immersion program that sees women reclaim their identity, reconnect mind and body, amplify their influence, and use authentic personal branding to spark a movement. Emma loves good coffee, dark chocolate, and Merlot, don't we all? When she is not working, you can find her roller skating, dancing in the kitchen with her man, or chasing after her four feisty kids. So we are all going to find our fierce feminine presence. You are listening to the Kick-Ass Radio Show Kickstart, where we talk about all things women working in non-traditional roles in varied male-dominated industries, and I tell you how it is. I'm your host, Joe Sainsbury, the Glow Getter. I hope we can keep you in good company over the coming hour. A huge shout out to all the women working out on track and on site today all over the globe. Stay safe and have a fantastic day or night shift. And this might also be a good time for a trigger warning that today's radio show does and may contain some adult language. All right, let's get into it. Hello, Emma, and welcome to Kick-Ass Radio Show. Hey, Joe, it's so lovely to be here. Great to see you. And firstly, thank you for coming on the show and for sharing some of your valuable time with us today. I know you're super busy, but I also know we're going to enjoy your company and we're eager to delve into some of this hot and colourful and vibrant uh, information that you've got to share with us. So to kick things off, firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career background and how you arrived at doing what you do, particularly now as the identity image alignment specialist and the mindset and business coach. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Joe. So um, as you mentioned, my first career, um, which I think is the most interesting part of everyone's story, I'm like, what did you used to do before this? I used to be a criminal prosecutor. So I went through law school, um, came out, got a job as an article clerk, and then I went on to be um, a criminal prosecutor. I loved that career. I absolutely resonate with everything that you've said about being in a male-dominated industry. Like, if you want to talk about the areas of law where there's the most men, it's prosecution, it's courtrooms. There is such an old boys club going on there. And I actually really loved that. I I felt alive when I was in court and I just used to go after it. Uh, But I had my first son about 12 years ago and I left the law thinking I'll probably go back but it um something shifted in me where I was like you know what that was a really toxic environment I don't think I want to go back there again and just by accident I ended up um helping uh friends with their wardrobes with shopping I didn't even know that it was a career until I ran into somebody who was an image consultant and I'm like what you can get paid for this I started looking into it. I ended up retraining as an image consultant when I was six months pregnant with my third son. I had to leave my two um, boys who were like two and four at the time with my husband and fly to Melbourne and do an intensive and then a year long um, training with an academy. And I fell in love with image consulting. I thought this is such a powerful way to advocate for women. I felt the same drive as I did as a lawyer. Like when I was going after like advocacy there, we could actually get into um, this one-on-one space with someone and really advocate for them to be everything that they were. So I very much attacked my career instead of like, let's be pretty. I attacked it like, I'm going to empower women. I'm going to show them how to absolutely overcome all of these limiting beliefs and find their confidence and be able to go out and like make a difference in the world. 
And that's what I started to do. That's what I intended to do when I set up my business um, nearly nine years ago. And um, what I found along the way was I would be sitting with women and I was asking them questions about themselves and what would keep coming up were these ideas about themselves. And I started to think like, where is that coming from? And being somebody who understands power and systems, um, I started to zoom out a little bit and I realized that the system that I was using to try and help empower women was actually a limitation in itself because essentially when you help someone become um, better looking, you help them present better, all you're doing is you're helping them climb the hierarchy of this competition, which is who's the best looking. Now, that hierarchy wasn't made by women. That hierarchy was made by men for men's benefit. And we are all just playing as little pawns in that game. So I started to realize that the system was quite oppressive and I started to want to deconstruct that system. Um, I was a little bit tentative to do it because who was I? You know, I was probably four years into my career. There were all these other image consultants from all around the world who knew much more than me. And I was sitting there going uh, like a Jenga tower, like, I don't know if I push this one out, will it all collapse? And I got to the point where I couldn't stand it anymore, where I was just so sick of seeing women held back, of, um, you know, being at war with their body, of, you know, resorting to um, surgery and like really unhealthy dieting and exercise practices to try and get this, you know, perfect body. And really what I was teaching them about how to present well and um, how to like look their best was actually kind of playing on that bad teaching so I wanted to go back and retrain and get some more skills and tools to help women tackle those um, you know fundamental problems so I went and did my mindset um, and business coaching um, and that's when I did my trauma-informed practitioner certification and I really like took another look at my industry and the patterns of my industry and thought how can I change these patterns so that women thrive rather than stay oppressed. And then that's where I landed. Identity work was a massive part of it because if you don't have that system of trying to look better and climb the social hierarchy, then what model are you going to use to become empowered? And the model that I observed was an internal empowerment model, which is helping women become really aligned with the substance of who they are so that their image is no longer a superficial thing. It's actually an extension of all their gifts, all their wiring, all that they know they are. And it's a visual representation of that. And there's zero gap between who they are and how they show up. They're not trying to be something that they're not to jump through some aesthetic hoop. They're simply showing up as fully themselves, fully authentic, and that is powerful in itself. It is, and, like, that's the most formidable career journey and one that goes from one extreme to the other, like stepping out of the courtroom into a most colourful and creative space. That's a wild ride. But, and as you said, we all struggle with self-esteem and comparing ourselves to others. We believe we can only see flaws in ourselves and there's always seems to be a never-ending war in our minds and our hearts. And it's usually not till a long way into our adult life that it comes to us like an epiphany, isn't it? And, you know, why do we spend our precious energy trying to hide what you don't like about yourself? That's no way to live, no way to be. So by highlighting, emphasising and celebrating our best, we can let go of fighting what we can't change. So it's a a great empowerment um, force that you've you've created and that you embolden and and that you um, encourage 
So I always yeah, talk I, about, I can, um, sorry. I was going to say, I can remember a moment that I had in my bathroom and I was, you know, probably four or five years into my image consulting career. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, damn, you look good. Right. I could see like my aesthetic quotient is really high. I have a high IQ. I can see harmonious, like visual things. And I was like, wow, you look good. Why don't you feel good? Right. And I noticed this gap in myself. I looked like I was doing everything right. Everything about my appearance was bang on, but there was a a disconnect with how I felt inside. And that's when I recognized that this is a lie that we've been sold, that if you look better, you're going to start to love yourself more. It's a lie that we've been sold that you're going to be more confident just because you look better on the outside. There was something missing and that's what caused me to go inward and start to look for it the other, the other side of the equation. And it's, it's, it's um, not about um, your physical identity. It's about your identity from the inside out and you need to, you need to accept that, you need to own it and um, you need to project it and be proud of who you are and what you look like and where you come from and what you represent. Yeah. So we, should, we yeah. should celebrate who we are each day and by expressing our personal style, I think, yeah, you, you've got to write your own rule book, don't you? Yeah, yeah. My whole, my whole life I have hacked Everything that I have created, I have hacked. I've gone, this is how other people do it, but that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to deconstruct it and figure it out myself. And I'm just going to like find my own path. And that's the way I've done it. And, and that's it. And that's what we all need to uh, realize and, and project and traject on our own paths. So you mentioned your mindset coaching. Why trauma-informed? Was there a particular incident or challenge you faced that led you to pursue that speci- specialization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was just a growing awareness. So I started out using um, a style personality tool to style people. So I would go through and do almost like a personality quiz with someone and understand like, what's your personality? Are you introverted? Are you extrovert? Are you more creative? Are you this? And um, the more I learned about personality, and I've been obsessed with personality for decades. Like I was the person doing Maya Briggs when I was 13 years old. Like I really loved the idea that we all have these different personalities. But the more I studied it, the more I realized that personality is not, we're not born with a personality. Our personality is not fixed. Actually, what the studies show is that personality is like up to 70% of it is formed through childhood environment. Like in that first eight years of your life, that imprint period, that's when you start to pick up subconsciously on how to present yourself, how to show up, what is more acceptable, what's going to get your needs met. And you learn to filter parts of yourself. So your personality is actually the parts of yourself that you deemed were acceptable to others and are able to be shown. The rest of it, you keep behind. And the work that I do now with identity is actually going back to that place collecting all those other facets of yourself and making room for them. Yeah. Because your identity is the whole of you. Your personality is like this little part that you're willing to share with the world because you feel like that's the acceptable part of you. So in terms of trauma, um, trauma is something which causes us to hide parts of our true nature. 
And I myself um, have been through a lot of trauma. I actually didn't realize this until I, t- until I started doing all this core identity work is that I actually grew up in a religious cult. So my family um, were very strict. There was a lot of um, what they call spiritual abuse um, from my family and from the, the organization that I grew up in. I was literally born into it. So from zero till I think 14. Um, and, and the effect of that trauma was so deep in my psyche and it was so deep in terms of how I saw myself and what access I had to my own identity. So it was like seeing everything through a distorted lens. And what I realized was whether people have been through like big T trauma or a little T trauma, all trauma is experienced in the body the same. Okay, it is it is stored in our body and we are impacted by it in so many ways that we don't even realize. And becoming trauma informed helped me work with my clients in a, in a gentler and more intuitive way so that I could recognize, okay, this is identity versus this is an identity wound that's come from trauma. And I would hazard a guess that 99.9% of all humans alive have experienced trauma. Like it's not just your PTSD. That's what people think of as trauma. There's actually so many other types of trauma, trauma that you inherit from your caregivers, um, trauma that is collective, trauma that is intergenerational. And there's just simply the type of trauma where as a child, you experienced something and you didn't have the capacity to cope with it by yourself. And there wasn't someone available to help you process it. And it's not a competition. You don't um, sit next to someone else who's been in a war-torn country and say, well, my trauma is not as bad as your trauma, so I won't be affected as much by that. No, as a child, as a human, you experience trauma in an overwhelming way. It affects your nervous system. It's stored in your body. It affects your self-perception. And so I realized how intertwined with identity that trauma was. And I really didn't want to work anymore with personality because so many people's personalities are actually just a trauma response where they have learned a way to cope in the world by showing up a certain way because that's what's keeping them safe. And it's, you know, our differences, the marks life has left on us, they only add to our beauty and our essence. Like I call it our ugly and we need to own our ugly and we need to move on from it but don't let it define us. You know, who said life scars aren't beautiful or that, you know, you have to fit into those certain gender or physical identities. So beauty within yourself is measured by, you know, limiting those 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 life scars and not letting them you know direct you and define you it's it's moving on from them yeah I'm I'm obsessed with beauty beauty like people think of beauty as what the beauty industry offers us like that's a cheap imitation just like porn porn is a cheap imitation for intimacy um the beauty industry is a cheap imitation for true authentic beauty I would describe true authentic beauty as being the truest most authentic aligned Mm. version of yourself when you've been around somebody who shows up as fully themselves and they're just so unaffected and so authentically them they feel beautiful like I remember having a mentor in my early 20s who actually um, was one of the ones who sort of got me onto color analysis and sort of introduced me to this idea of image Um, she was this bigger woman 
but she she dressed in this really celebratory and joyful way. And when I think of her, I don't think of her body or her size or her lumps or bumps or her bigger nose or whatever it was. I just think you like you're radiant. You glow. Like I love being around you. You are truly beautiful. And that's what I aspire for in my myself. And that's what I help my clients find. And that's what it is. It's the projection. And that projection is infectious. It's contagious. So if that's what you exude, that's what people will, will get from you and how you make them feel as well. So as we said, it's, it's a wonderful beauty to have and everyone needs to identify with their own beauty and project that. So why do people go to a mindset coach? Can you give me an example of how mindset coaching is different from traditional coaching? Yeah, well, um, I was thinking about this and I think all coaching is coaching. So, you know, even as far back as like going to like a a team sport and you go and you have a coach and the coach is someone who gives you tools and training and practices to help you become your best. And I, I use mindset coaching as part of my style coaching. I do embodiment coaching as well. But the mindset aspect of it is recognizing that, we actually create our own reality, right? A lot of us, you know, before you've been uh, introduced to the idea of um, mindset coaching, we are responding to circumstances around us as though, um, well, this is just the way I'm reacting and I can't do any different. But once you start to understand the way your mind operates, your thoughts create your feelings your feelings are actually what motivate your behavior. Your behavior creates your results and your results will always, and I mean always, justify the thought that you had in the first place. So your brain has this incredible way of wanting to be right. So whatever your outcome is, all, your brain will always say, see, told you so. And so we get stuck in this loop of feeling like, well, I have to trust my brain because I got that result. But mindset coaching is about going behind the the mainframe of the computer and going, look at how that thought created that series of emotions, which made me act like that, which got those results, which further reiterated the fact that I was scared and I I shouldn't have risked anything and I should have just kept to myself. And you can actually go in and tinker with the thoughts and create different outcomes. And the more you learn to do that, the more powerful you become because you have options. All of a sudden you can say, oh yeah, I'm witnessing myself having this thought. Is this thought helpful? Is it going to produce the type of outcome and result that I want that's going to serve me, that's going to like result in me thriving? If not, you get to edit it. And once you become adept at editing your thoughts, far out, you can overcome so much. Basically how I've created all of my success has been through working through limiting beliefs and thoughts. Like your belief system is just a thought on repeat. Like being part of a cult, you're just, you have a thought that's reiterated again and again and again. It's brainwashing. And whether you were born in a cult like me or you just grew up in society, you might not even realize it, but you have thoughts in your subconscious that are running at all times repeating a message. And the more you think them, the more ingrained they become, the easier they are to think, right? But if you want different results, if if you're in pain and what's going on in your life is not working for you, you have massive motivation to actually go and do the work and start to edit those thoughts and you can build a whole new reality. It's incredible. 
And it is. It's it's like that misalignment between what you want at the conscious level and the unconscious patterns, beliefs, and behaviors. Like you said, that's running in the background and on the surface. You know, you're always saying, "I want X," but underneath, the unconscious mind is doing everything in its power to prevent X from happening. So, you know, for you as a mindset coach to unlock those unconscious and sometimes conscious patterns um, to shift and remove them, then yeah, that's that's a mighty a mighty um, game plan, and a and the goal is to get there and um, and and win that race, isn't it? To to fight those limiting self beliefs and. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know everyone has them. Yeah. You know, everyone has them everyone before does. you have the capacity. Yeah, before you have the capacity to like observe your own brain at work, you're just like a sponge soaking up all of this conditioning from your family environment, from your school. If you're in a religious organization, you know, from patriarchy, we are just absorbing all this information. And by the time we get to a stage where we can go, oh, critically think about that. It feels like our own voice. It feels very familiar and true. But when you have the power to go through and go, is that true? Is that right? Does that result in like thriving? And if not, you don't have to keep it. Knowing that your thoughts are optional is a game changer. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I agree with that. So now I know you've worn many hats throughout your career and life as we've, we've talked about, but I know that you wear a very significant hat now, one that you're very passionate about. And this is what we started off talking about. So tell us about becoming an internationally certified image alignment specialist and what does an image alignment specialist do? Yeah, well, um, to be honest with you, when I got certified as an international image consultant, a lot of that was driven by insecurity. Um, I had been consulting for five years and I, I was still struggling with this, um, you know, underlying feeling of inadequacy. Like I would look at people in my field and I would say, wow, you've been doing this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You've published books and I'm just learning the ropes. And, and I thought that if I became more competent, if I, if I went and got this certification, which was really hard, like, you, you have to do a lot to jump through that hoop um, that I would somehow feel more worthy. And the funny thing is, like all things, the qualification didn't do anything for my sense of worthiness. What it did do, it gave me additional skills and tools that I hadn't studied before. But um, just to break it down, so the two parts of my work are image consulting and identity work. So in the image consulting, that's really focused on, we call it the ABCs. So it's your appearance, it's your behaviour, and it's your communication. So um, the way that we visually show up and our body language, our voice projection, that's all part of um, nonverbal communication. And then you've got the actual word part and the delivery, which is verbal communication. So um, we are trained in body language. We're trained in all sorts of behavioral science. We're trained in color. We're trained in style, in um, all design theory. So there's a real technical side to image consulting. Um, But it sits within the framework, as I said, of this like social hierarchy. Now, the identity work part is actually it sits under identity psychology. So it's actually um, uh, like um, an umbrella part. It's a study of the self, your self-perception, your self-image. So I liked the way that your 
outward image and your self image. I wanted to find the connection between the two. And it was really a lot of me search in my research um, that I wanted to understand why, why I see myself this way, why I feel this way about myself and why I want to project this part. And I wanted to remove the distortion. And what I actually found was in identity psychology, there is this sense of like how I see myself and then there's the ideal self, how I want to see myself. And there is always, always, always a gap between the two. Now, that gap can never be closed without doing identity work where you actually become your ideal self. What is standing in between the two is identity wounds. It's distortions. It's a lens. It's a false lens that you see yourself through. So what I sought out to do was to help people see themselves truly and clearly. And then when they build their external image, that it would be an accurate portrayal of not only who they are, but in a graceful, loving light. It's like, yeah, this is who I am. My flaws, I I have flaws, but I'm not ashamed of them. They're what make me memorable. They're my special source. Like when viewed through a loving lens, my flaws are actually really adorable, right? And all my clients tell me, that's why I like you, Emma. That's why I wanted to work with you. You're a little bit sassy. You're a little bit silly. You're a little bit playful. And to think that for the first five years of my career, I was trying to dull them down. I was trying to put on this very professional, like even the way I dressed, I was very like blazers and, you know, like trying to look the part. Very much so. I had... I had this belief, this limiting belief that I wasn't proper. I didn't have a proper business. I hadn't arrived yet. I hadn't earned my dues. And so I had to project this idea of I'm more accomplished and more experienced than I actually am because I was ashamed of not of being where I was, which is stupid because you can only ever be where you are. And you are. And, you know, living a facade, that's too much hard work to keep up. So be authentic, always be authentic, you. That's that's yeah. the way it's got to be. So, and so, yeah, yeah so the image um, and identity work, um, you bring something different to the experience. So tell us, um, tell us a bit about it, um, what you, how, you, how you start out with a client. So where do you start? Yeah. If I come to you and said, can you, can you help me out with my identity and my image? Yeah, well, most people come that it's not like people are seeking out identity work. They are, they are motivated by, um, you know, wanting to look better. Yep. But I work with um, female founders, leaders, change makers who have like they're purpose driven. So it's that they're trying to get somewhere and they're experiencing blockages. So that's how they usually present. They're like, Hey, Emma, I feel like I've reached a ceiling, like with my business at the moment, I feel really stuck. I want to become more visible. I want to increase my influence and my impact. Something's not happening. Something's not firing. And really there's a, there's a distinct point in people's life where they come to work with me. And I, I look at it like it's, it's the second half, right? So around about 40 onwards, sometimes it's earlier than that, especially if you've lived um, a big life or if you've experienced a lot, like, you know, how they talk about old souls. I get some people in their thirties who've been through a lot and it just happens earlier, but 40 is a good gauge. Um, It's where, all of the things that you have built to become who you are 
They've worked for a long period of time. Like you've established yourself in a business or career. You have established a social network. You have a partner or, you know, you're, you're doing well in society. But all of a sudden that starts to feel very restrictive. And you're like, it's all the things that used to work for me are starting to feel like they're eating me from the inside out. Like I don't, I don't have the tools to move forward from here. So that's kind of that vague problem. Um, some people are like, I don't know who I am anymore. Some people are experiencing dissatisfaction in relationships or with work, as I said. So they would come and I would start by like, obviously just building trust. And um, I would take them through a journey of, first of all, understanding the framework that they're operating in. Like you have to be able to see, it's almost like the matrix. You have to be able to see the matrix to go, oh, I've been playing by this set of rules, trying to climb this ladder. No wonder it doesn't work for me. And then I present them the alternative model and I show them what it takes to actually work through the alternative model. And the first step of that is is being willing to go within and to like take a journey back in time and start to dig up around the roots of like, how did I become me? And I have like um, beautiful tools that I use to do that, that are like a gentle exploration but they also kind of feel like somebody's reading your diary and like, how do you know that about me? And so it'll be like, wow, I feel so seen. I feel so known, but also, oh my goodness, I feel so exposed. And it's a really delicate place where I hold people um, and I have to create a real sense of safety and trust mm-hmm. there because you're dealing with their very essence yeah. and guide them. Yeah, it's so vulnerable. And that's that's what it's so important for me to be vulnerable and me to be able to show up vulnerably. Otherwise, how can I expect my clients to? Yes, so I help them ex- excavate that and I kind of give them a, a blueprint or a, a map for that so they can go into themselves and they can observe this behavior, this thought, this emotion, this pattern in my life. I can see where that's come from. And I can have compassion for myself. I can see when I'm thriving and I can see when I'm not thriving and I can have compassion for myself at both ends of the spectrum. And I actually recognize that when I'm not thriving, this is how I show up. And it's because there are certain needs that I have that are not being met and have routinely not been met for most of my life. So I help them create a means by which they can get those needs met in a healthy way. Some of them are going to be met by themselves because now they have knowledge, but some of them are going to be, um, they're going to communicate with other people in a different way, with their customers, with their partners, with their friends on social media. They're going to start to show up differently and say, I'm sorry, I no longer accept this. This is what, this is how um, I'll, I'll need you to deal with me. And so as they get healthy like that, they start to really gain momentum and thrive. After we do the identity work, we move into what I call the bridging work, which is um, the part between internal and doing all the image and branding part. And the bridge is really our body. So um, our body, I mean, gosh, you would know this um, so intimately. As women, our bodies have been through the ringer. We've been objectified and sexualized for so long it's so conditioned in us that our body it's more important how our body affects other people than how it affects us and how we deal with it right yeah how we're seen by others instead of how we experience it from the inside so I do a whole um work on embodiment and I do I use somatic therapies which are really body-led therapies 
which actually cultivate a new trust and a new sense of safety between your mind and body. So there's a connection there. So when you're going after something like confidence or presence, or you're wanting to like step up in visibility, we need to be able to hold that. And the place that we hold that is not in our head. It's in our body. We need to be able to embody confidence. Yeah. We need to be able to stand and take up space and hold people's eye contact and speak clearly and calmly and say, yes, you have my word or to say, no, I'm sorry, not today. And that is an embodied strength. And so we do a lot of work around embodiment. I found that before there was the embodiment piece, people would just bypass that and go straight to wanting to look good. And then they would get stuck in the same cycle again, that whole like, my body is only valuable for what it looks like. And so after the embodiment, yeah, Yeah. after the embodiment piece, um, then you're in a really good position to receive new inspiration and teaching and skills and tools about how you look. So you start to see that all of the things that I teach on image are actually drawn from your substance. They come from your identity first. That's the biggest driver is your identity. We want to make your identity visible. So people can see it when you walk in a room and they get that very true sense that this person is exactly who they say they are. And secondly, we get to look at your facial features, your body, your texture, your hair, all of the nuances of your physical attributes. And we get to show you how you can um, harmonize with them and celebrate them and frame them in the way that you dress and present yourself. And it's just the most incredibly powerful thing. And then I extend that to your brand presence. And that's where we really land is, you know, you having an incredibly strong, aligned personal brand that has room for all of you, not just what you think other people want to see, but all of you, your whole identity. And that's a really restorative and healing thing because all of a sudden you're not having that negative message reinforced that says that you're only good for what people think is good. You're getting a message from your own brand that all of me is welcome. And just like all of me is welcome, all of you is welcome. And you're lucky in the job that you have and the people you get to work with your clients, and that's all sorts of um, people. I can only imagine what it feels like to see the client's success and love seeing their increased confidence and the desire to try new things. And when they actually come into that realisation of, who they are and present themselves in, in, you know, in their aura that you, that you're bringing out. Mm-hmm. So even if you feel your image is a big fat zero, you can work with a specialist like yourself to take it to hero. Like it's within everyone's own power to change um, the image anytime they feel. And you're, you're a walking, talking billboard for you being you. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like a mum. Like I, I, I've got clients who still refer to me as their style mama, and they still send me photos and they still share their wins. And I just feel like the proudest mama. I'm like, look at you, look at you soaring. Like it gives me such great joy because once you get onto the internal empowerment model, you're no longer in competition with people. Really? Like yeah. celebrating another woman's win actually doesn't detract from mine it's like I love seeing other women rise that's right yeah exactly right all right then we're going to take a little short break listen to one of the show's sponsors and we'll be back shortly hey glow getters have you heard about kick-ass women 
founded by Joe Sainsbury, Kick-Ass Women is dedicated to empowering and supporting women who are considering a career change into an industry role. Visit our brand new website at www.kickasswomen.com.au or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook and LinkedIn today to keep up to date with all things Kick-Ass Women and the incredible opportunities and content we have for you. See you there, Glowgetters. Okay, thanks for tuning back in. We're talking to our special guest today, Emma Willman. So, Emma, coming back into our conversation, what does women empowerment mean to you and how does your work incorporate empowering women? I know we've spoken a little bit about it, but what are the transformational benefits of working with yourself? Yeah, I feel like I came to this one really late. For, for years and years, I used to say to people, I'm, I'm an egalitarian. I just believe that all people should be treated equally. And it was actually one of my close male friends who said to me, Emma, you're not actually doing women any favours by like respectfully asking for equality. The pendulum is so far swung in the other direction that you've got to overshoot the centre. And that's when I sort of came out of the closet as a feminist. I was like, all right. I absolutely need to overshoot it and overstate it and really um, capture the damage and the injustice of it, all of how women are treated. And really, um, I've I've presented my findings um, to international audiences on style as a tool of empowerment. And really all of my programs and all of my one-on-one coaching works around this foundation is that when we become aligned with ourselves, We get to let go of patriarchal programming. We get to let go of gender roles and stereotypes. There is actually a beautiful spectrum of femininity. There's a beautiful spectrum of masculinity. There is an overlap between the two. The traits that we've been told that are masculine um, are not exclusive to men. And the same with femininity. And I believe, um, you know, these stereotypes and these gender roles actually hurt both genders they keep us disconnected. They keep us like detached. And, and so I sort of came out of the closet as a feminist. And really, I have my, my daughter to thank for that. When my little girl Eden was born, she's now um, six. And I just started to realize that all the things that I had accepted as the status quo that I'd accepted for myself, I was like, no, this is not okay for my baby girl. She is not going to have these double standards. She's not going to be paid less. She's not going to be objectified. And I was like, if, if I want it for her, why don't I want it for myself? So I started to get really fired up about it. And now I teach women how to deprogram patriarchy and to how to become incredibly powerful, potent women who don't have to sacrifice their identity or their version of femininity in order to be powerful. And I think in the past, when women came into the workforce en masse in the 80s after birth control and childcare became available, we looked around the marketplace and it was run by men and we said, okay, how do we get powerful? All right, we have to emulate what men are doing. And so we had the power dressing of the 80s. We had like the big shoulder pads and the double-breasted suit. And I wore them. For some, yeah, you did. For some women, that, that fits their personality, that fits their nature. But for a lot of women, it's not how they lead. It's not their strength. Like I just have to look at strong women that I've seen who lead with empathy and gentleness and curiosity and kindness. Like you look at um, Jacinda Arden, she yeah. has such strength. But she is not that alpha yang. No. She's not that. Uh, she oh, is hugely a woman. Emotional. She's not. No. 
Not at all. And so I truly believe that we need women in every space where decisions are being made. We need women who are internally empowered, who aren't attached to the system, to the hierarchy where they have to keep obeying it and like paying homage to the people at the top of it. We need independent women who are internally empowered who are rising to positions of power where they're going to make decisions that affect our well-being in military, in religion, in education, in arts, in entertainment, in sports, in medicine, in every area. That is what I'm preparing my clients for, to take those positions where they become change makers, where they became, become voices that are loud, that are undeniably taking up space. And is, that's, a, that's a common um, definition for women's empowerment for me. I think it's creating that environment, like you said, where women, all women, all around the world have equality on every level, socially, economically, politically, and so on. So yeah. it's exactly about women having a voice without disastrous consequences and about young girls yeah. being able to, to, to take that that natural step like it's it's not um answering to the stereotypes they should be brought up as a natural progression that you use your voice you you become who you are and not who you want someone else to be and we all need to unite as one to make that all happen and to thrive so absolutely and can i just tell you here's a recent example at my children's school they sent home a note for swimming and it had two completely different dress codes for boys and girls in swimming girls had to cover their entire torso boys were allowed to wear speedos Mm. and I had to ask myself do I let it slide and I was like I can't if I let it slide who else is going to let it slide and so I took it up with the school and I said I'm sorry but can I understand why the double standard and they gave me some BS reason like you know, it's for effective swimming techniques. And I called bullshit and I said, I'm sorry, but there is no reason why a boy could more aerodynamically move through the water with a bare torso than a girl. Like if it's, it's crazy, it's so embedded and so subconscious and you feel like the crazy one for calling out the elephant in the room, but we have to. And we do. And like a great example, like look at the Olympic swimming athletes male and female they all wear the one suit race outfit now so where's where's yeah. the the advantages of yeah. you know the bare torsos there some yeah. do some don't and we saw it with women's volleyball yeah women's volleyball with another one we saw the double standard there yeah. it's just crazy it is all right so getting on to feminine and actually i'll just mention before um like we said we need both male and female perspectives because we each project and each have female and, and, and male energy within us and some's more, some yes. is more pre, uh, predominant than others. So our female energy is the more nurturing, empathetic, um, caring, and our more male energy is the, the dominant, the control. So we each have both men and women have that feminine and male energy. It's how we utilise mm-hmm. it and how we... Um, how comfortable we are yeah. with, with each trait, I think. But Can I just share on that? Yeah. I, I absolutely use that um, polarity of energy and I we call it yin and yang. Yep. And so I find that, that calling it yin and yang is really helpful to remove it from masculine and feminine because it's very confusing otherwise. But each of us has a natural level of yin and yang energy 
And we might be extremely yang, we might be extremely yin, or we might be somewhere in the middle, but we need access to both for different circumstances. Like I'm very yang, but I have spent a lot of time cultivating the yin side of myself as a mother, as a coach, as like a confidant, so that I can be gentle and I can be trusting and I can be all of these other aspects that only make my yang ability even stronger. Like it's having this balance that we need and men need it and women need it. And it's all about finding where you sit naturally, where you're overcompensating because of old wounds. I was overcompensating. I was fierce and independent and you can't touch me and I can do it myself because I was wounded. Yeah. But when I started to heal those wounds, I came back to this natural central part where I could actually be soft and vulnerable and empathetic. And I could also be fierce. And all right. So femininity and fashion, how women experience the gender role through their dressing practices. Do you see this through your eyes in your industry still? Like, you know, the old yes. girls wear pink, boys wear blue, girls wear dresses, boys wear suits. Yeah, so. yeah. look, and I, I presented on this at an international conference last year. It was called, um, it was the Beyond Gender was what it was called. And it was going back and looking at fashion history and seeing where we got so caught up in, like boys used to wear pink. Pink was yeah. actually a colour for baby boys, not girls. Yeah. Um, pink is actually part of red and red is the most intense color on the color spectrum. So it red was that stronger, um, color that was reserved for boys. Men used to wear high heels. Men used to wear frills. Men used to wear makeup and jewelry and all the things. And then you look at that, um, Puritan era where the church started to get really vocal about vanity and all the rest of it. And they put a stop to men dressing in these flamboyant ways. So what we experience as masculine and feminine in the the current um, fashion market is so limited. Like, I believe that this is why we're going through and uh, this experience where people are rebelling against their gender stereotype. The boys saying, I can wear a skirt. I can rock a dress. I can wear makeup. Women are wearing, like, you know, borrowing from the boys. And I actually think it's a good thing. I think Mm. the problem is the gender stereotype, not the Mm. self-expression. I think when you get the self-expression accurate and authentic, it really shouldn't matter whether it's stereotypically feminine or masculine. I think you should be guided by your own substance and nature. That's right. Your individual style you know, use your individual style to express your gender identity, whatever that may be. So it's, Mm. yeah, it's an individual, individual choice once again, and what you're most comfortable in, in projecting and, and, and dressing. And that's right. That's exactly right. You know, the, the decades of fashion trends, like you, you mentioned the men's, you know, the, the velvet suits they wore with the frilled, um, shirts underneath mm-hmm. and definitely I the jewelry and the and the the wedge heels so it's um yes. it's come a long way but yeah they all been like you know um stereotypical um gender type fashion trends yeah yeah so now you've had a you've got a number of programs that you offer on your in your business walk us through what we can find working with you in those oh and think i think we might have actually mentioned that um your women of influence online 
group coaching program. What's that entail? Is that what we talked about before? I've just lost my train of thought. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Woman of Influence is a six-month expert. <laughs> I'm going to go again, is a six-month immersion experience. So it's a very small, um, intimate container. Um, It's very exclusive because I only invite people to be part of it if they're absolutely ready to do the work, if they're committed to being incredibly vulnerable and they really are hungry for what's on the other side. So this is about to kick off in, I think, three weeks um and I've got a couple of places left in it but it's essentially this opportunity to not only grow yourself but get the benefit of working with women who are at that same stage in their career and life where they're really going after that that next level of growth and visibility and what what the research shows is group work is actually even more powerful than one-on-one. I used to do only one-on-one, but I love group work because you get the benefit of the shared experience. You can learn vicariously through other people and you have this safe space to bring back, you know, you learn something intellectually, you have an emotional revelation about it, and then you get to go practice it and bring it back into the group and start to embody it. That's when it really makes a difference in your life. I am done like with the intellectual knowledge if it doesn't make a difference in your life, I don't want to do it anymore. So that's my highest um, level of attention and the highest growth um, trajectory really of all my services is the woman of influence um, experience. Um, then I work with people. I do um, half day deep dive sessions. So for someone who's not quite ready for that, um, I'm happy to just um, dedicate half a day and then 30 days of support to actually diving into what is your authentic um, self-expression, how are we going to dress you, what is going to come through there and help you actually walk that out over the next 30 days. And then for people who are just right at the start of the journey, I, I do a one-hour session. So that's really if you're right at the beginning, if you and, and there's no shame or pressure like, Wherever you are in your journey, you're in exactly the right place for you. So I have people who say, you know what? I just want to find out what my colors are. I want to dress a little bit better. And that kind of frees up a little bit of mental energy to then take the next step and the next step. So I have a one hour session that I do with people and they're my three main services. Um, There is a um, a monthly membership, which is coming off the back of that, but I would invite you to check out. I've got a uh, private Facebook group that I do free training in on a weekly basis. It's the woman of influence connection. We've actually got a live three day challenge with masterclasses every day going on this week. And it is incredible. Like people are showing up and sharing and just experiencing identity shifts and having epic breakthroughs in their body. And I couldn't be prouder. And and that's the best thing about sharing because someone may have experienced something similar to you, but you don't realize that. And so when you get that, that different perspective of what they've experienced and it may be similar to you, but you know, there's there's a great interconnection then where you can have a, a much more broader conversation and um, find out how each of you dealt with it or how you, how you you're going about dealing with it or how you feel now. So having that different perspective is it's that's knowledge and that's power too. Like so, a group the group um, program is definitely like a, a value packed power session, isn't it? Loaded with lots of absolutely. 
Mm. Yeah, and it's it's online, right? So we do it like weekly. We do it online. But what I've found is people become so close um, that, that people are meeting up in real life at the end. We've had like celebration dinners and nights out and people are actually doing things and hanging out in real life because they've formed such a beautiful connection. And I'll tell you this one course that I did, um, we did this dinner party at the end. We're at the Matriarch in Brisbane. And everyone walked in the room to this table and no one had ever met each other before. And it was instant rapport. Everyone was like instantly into deep and meaningfuls and like, oh my goodness, and this and that. And we it was like we'd been friends for our entire life. Like it was so beautiful to see it in real life. And that's and that's you said, and that's grown from the online interaction and the sharing of information and the sharing of stories. So you already you already kind of know each other, but to actually, yeah, get that face-to-face connection that's that's the the comfort isn't it that's the reality there of hey i know your story and i i i can relate to it so that's a wonderful yeah story. And when, we, we let, when we take off our mask when we yeah. demask ourselves and let someone else see the real us it gives them permission to do the same Blame. and you instantly yeah. have a rapport it's no pretending no keeping up appearances mm-hmm. you are just simply two humans on a human experience and it's a beautiful connection yeah, it is that that I'll very I'll vouch very much so for that all right mm-hmm. so lastly do you have any special offers that you'd like to share with the listeners would you like to share anything else at all Yeah, yeah, I would actually. So I recently just spoke at a conference and I extended an offer to them. And I was thinking about your podcast today and how I wanted to like, you know, sew into the listeners and give them an opportunity to have a taste of what I do. And my um, usual one hour deep dive session, I have a special on that. It is There is a lot of, we do homework before, we do our deep dive and then there's a follow-up, but that's um, usually priced at 997. And I have offered that to my conference listeners and to the Kick-Ass radio listeners at 299 um, for the next month. And so I will provide a link um, where if there are listeners out there who just want to get a taste, who just want to get started with this, I would love for you to be able to lower the barrier on like investing in yourself and seeing what is possible. I understand that the service that I provide is is not like going to get a haircut. It is an investment. Um, It's also probably, you know, a tax deduction if you're a woman in business for yourself. But um, I wanted to create a, like, this is a no-brainer. I'm I'm absolutely going to do this. If you're ripe and ready and you want change, I want to make it easy for you. So, um, yeah, hit me up on that, the one-hour deep dive session. And as you said, it's an investment and we always need to invest in ourselves because the ROI is tenfold. Yeah. I'm all about the ROIs. I have clients who, like, here's a really quick story. A client who signed up for my Woman of Influence program and the next day she messaged me, she had not started at all. And she said, Emma, I just doubled my freelance prices because I just believe in myself so much more today than yesterday. And she's like, I didn't know what they were going to say, but I just asked. And they said, of course. And I was like, why didn't I ask earlier? And I'm like, that's what happens when you go all in on yourself. That self-investment and that self-trust, it breeds a different energy in you. It's just incredible. It is. And I can and I can vouch myself for that as well. All right. Okay, so we'll put that, um, we'll put Emma's links up in the show notes and um, all of Emma's, you can outreach Emma on her website. Um, 
it's been a great conversation and we've learned a lot today. I know I have. And it's something that we don't always enter into a conversation. We just kind of glaze over those kind of um, topics. But we thank you very much again, Emma, and um, we ask that you take care and stay safe and that we look forward to catching up with you a little later on in the year to see how everything's going and travelling. Thank you so much, John. I just want to leave you with this. I, I don't want it to feel like that clothes and fashion and style are scary. They're like everybody should be able to access this. Everybody should be able to have their own expression. We've been made to believe um, that fashion is only for the thin and elite. Mm. It's not. You know, style is for every woman. It definitely is. And as you said earlier on, it's, it's how, how you feel, it, how it makes you feel because that's what you project. And when you project that aura, everything else is blurred. So what you're wearing, I wouldn't remember. You know, it'd be like, I don't know, I just remember her walking into the room and encapsulating me with her essence and her vibrance. And I couldn't really tell you what she was wearing that day because you just don't take notice of those things, do you? It's that personality that, that shines through. So, no, thank you, for, thank you for sharing and um, thank you for the work that you do. All right, then, we'll take a short break, listen to one of the show's sponsors, and we'll be back to close it out. Hey, Glowgetters. Did you know that Jo Sainsbury is a published author for her book High Heels to High Viz and has been named an Amazon number one bestseller? Telling the story about Jo's transition from the corporate sector into industry, High Heels to High Viz acts as a guide for women who are considering a non-traditional role and career. High Heels to High Viz is available for purchase online at all leading bookstores, including Amazon, Dimex, Waterstones and eBay. Well, that's it, guys. I do hope you enjoyed our show and our guest. A very big special thank you to Emma Willman for sharing so much invaluable information with us today. And I hope you've all find it, uh, found it inspiring and that it gives you something to ponder and perhaps feed the curiosity and action over the weekend. Look at yourself and discover what's inside the inner beauty. Working with an identity image alignment specialist can make a huge impact on you, your business and your career. Your image impacts not only how you feel about yourself, but how others interact, trust, communicate, or even relate to you. And this is not a small thing. However, before you work with an image consultant, be sure you're clear on who you are and what you want to accomplish in your professional life. Together, Emma will reveal what fits, flatters, and makes you feel gorgeous and works for your current lifestyle, giving you the know-how how to make super savvy decisions and equip you with the confidence to feel unstoppable and take on anything the day or night may bring. If you're ready to recalibrate or up-level your visual brand and image, take it up a notch, work with Emma directly and get customised, in-depth, hands-on support to take your life and career to the next level. Don't put yourself, your goals and your dreams on hold for one more day. Instead, position yourself to greet each day an opportunity with clarity and confidence, captivating everyone who has the pleasure and potential to cross your path. In today's world, what it means to dress like a boy or, a, or like a girl isn't such a strict thing. There's fluidity in fashion, just like there is in gender. So no matter your gender, no matter how masculine or feminine you are, dress how you want to because the stereotypes, they don't matter. As always, I really appreciate you guys giving me your time to listen to this radio show. You can find more information on this episode and Emma Willman in the show notes or on my social media pages, along with Emma's offer. Visit my website, www.kickasswomen.com.au and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. 
Well, that's all for today's show. Thanks for your company and for listening to Kick-Ass Radio. It's not goodbye, but see you later. Stay safe and well. Keep in touch. Poscoms. Go on, get your glow on. Become a glow getter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kick-Ass Radio, where we kick goals and deliver empowering conversations for women. Want to hear more from Kick-Ass Women and Joe Sainsbury? Visit the Kick-Ass Women website or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. See you on the next episode of Kick-Ass Radio.